Yo, yo. Yeah. Uh, you want to start with a little bit of a disclaimer? Yeah. So um, Alex and I have been in contact with some sources for a while now. Uh, we choose not to share sort of 99% of what is told to us, both to protect our sources, of course, but also to because the info is just too specific for public release. Um, so, and I know I always say, like, you know, take what we say with a grain of salt, but yeah, yeah it's just not necessary, at least for tonight. Um, yeah, just, just to make it clear, like, it's not that we don't want to share stuff because, like, we're super excited about it, but we don't want to hurt Tesla. This is not, you know, and we don't want to give uh, information to competitors and things like that. So we try to keep it as meta as possible while being able to share some things to, you know, to keep the, the, the community informed. Yeah. And I also say before, you know, before we start, I want to say that, you know, just mass manufacturing is hard and just in general. So there's really no way to provide like definite timelines for the things we're about to talk about. Um, so just keep that in mind as we sort of go through. Um, so I think we'll, we'll jump in. You ready, Alex? Yep. Shoot. Cool. So the 4680s uh, have been in, in production for a pretty long time now on the, on the pilot line. And Tesla has been stockpiling the 4680s at fully pass, you know, several maturation cycles. Um, it's sort of unknown right now, like how many they have stockpiled exactly, but um, we, we are aware that they are stockpiling. Yeah. So the, the 4680s that are, are coming out like, of Cato, uh, a bunch of them are being like sent to multiple testing facilities, both in the U.S. and in Germany. Other 4680s are being used uh, in Fremont by the structural pack engineering teams where they're like building and refining like the structural pack. And the rest are being st- stockpiled somewhere. Uh, the location, which we don't know. Yeah. And just in general, like Tesla is refining like a, this production line so it can be like hyper scalable, right? Because they want to get to mass production, that's really their main goal right now. Um, the specific like cell um, um, chemistry and all that, like all that's final. It's just really the manufacturing that they're trying to um, nail down here. Um, but they are, are rapidly iterating improvements um, and perfecting it, so it's fully automated with very few stoppages, so it can run with as little human intervention as possible. Yeah. The um... I don't know if some of you are familiar with manufacturing, but right now, like the main 4680 production line is divided into 10 subsections of manufacturing steps. Each has its own like performance metrics and targets, throughput, parts per minute, yield, etc. And the Tesla, like Tesla's like target improvement metrics are basically defined as increasing speed. So the throughput uh, de- whilst decreasing MTBF, which is the mean time between failures, decreasing response time is the time that it takes to catch that failure, then decreasing the repair time, the time it takes to actually get the machine back up and running. And the last metric is decreasing the preventative maintenance time. So how much time do you have to spend to prevent this type of failure from occurring again in the future? So this is how they're like pushing forward. So you have to imagine this this production line, which is like 10 steps, and each step is basically being monitored this way. And they're they're actually iterating little improvements every day as they're ramping the throughput. Yeah, and I, I see a lot of questions, you know, about yield. Yield is very good for the run rate right now, um, but they're still working through, you know, they're still working on the throughput. So, um so there are like a lot of variables, right? And increasing one sort of uncovers simple engineering issues that need sort of like adjusting and fixing. Yeah, the, that's the thing. It's like the yield is like extremely, extremely good. Like, I don't know, uh, you know, there is still room for improvement, but that's not where the problem is. So the batteries are, are coming out of each process step, like in very high percentage of yield. The... But for example, like you remember, like Elon talked about uh, the rollers bending. And so, so basically what, what's happening is like the, the cathode dry mix, it's, it's not shearable enough. So it doesn't like move out of the way when it gets like shaped into a freeform sheet and it actually bends the roller and tends to clump up instead of like flowing out of the way. 
so these rollers, you know, are very close together and they generate pressure. And Tesla right now is adjusting like the rea- mm-hmm. rheological properties of the cat flow dry mix by tweaking like the recipe and the production uh, and nip parameters like temperature and pressure. So you, you got to think a little bit like it's a cake batter mix that you're trying to lay down super thin. And uh, you need the, the excess because you always need excess to make sure you don't have holes in that, uh, in that sheet that you're forming, the cathode dry battery electric sheet. And so, but if, if the mix does not like flow out of the way as you're compressing it, well, then it like deforms the rollers and you get like a bump. But they're actually doing like great progress with it. And uh, this is like, of course, when you tweak one parameter, uh, sim- simple as making the machine go faster with throughput, you know, something else pops up. And there's lots of these little issues. Whereas if you like, for example, you run a machine faster, well, the airflow, like the drag that the machine creates on the air is increased and you could get like s- dust like sucked in. And this is where, you know, at low speeds, everything seems to be working fine, but then you just increase the speed a bit and you find out, oh, we have a bug. So then you, how do you deal with that bug? And the way they're iterating right now is they're trying to, as Sawyers was mentioning, to make the system like hyperscalable, which means that once they have the design down, it's like they can replicate this, it's, it's modular lines that it can be added one after the other without minimal supervision. And they know that it, you know, if, if all the, the, the metrics I mentioned for improvement, for like decreasing um, uh, maintenance time and so on and so forth, if they don't deal with that now, like today, well, then as they scale battery production, they're just increasing their problems because these problems will repeat on every line. So it's like super important that they deal with it right now. Yeah. A month taken today to fix these issues will save like millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars down the line. Yeah. And it sort of brings us on to initial 4680 production capacity, uh, which will, at the installation at Giga Texas, at least, we, we've been told will be for around 500,000 vehicles per year. Um, now, I want to be clear, this is, this is just for, like, initial capacity. This isn't, like, an end capacity. This is just for the initial capacity. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like I was mentioning, this is, like, modular. So they can set up, like, as, if you want to increase capacity, you add additional lines. So initially, what they're planning for to install is for 500,000 vehicles. This is to get uh, Giga Texas started. Of course, that building, and probably most of you follow the construction uh, videos uh, of of drone flyers at Giga Texas, that building is huge and will contain like many, many more lines than just for 500,000 vehicles. But this is the initial rollout plan. Yeah, and, and I'll just sort of finish up with, you know, Tesla has been, like, super happy with, with the progress, and they haven't really hit any sort of major hurdles recently. Um, so they're well on their way to sort of figuring out how to make this uh, hyperscalable and to really man- mass manufacture in a way that, you know, they would like. Um, so it's good to hear that they're making good progress. And, it's, it, you know, I've been hearing all this FUD about the 4680s aren't good or, you know, Tesla's not making progress on it. That's just not the case whatsoever. Um, Tesla's, Tesla's doing yeah. great on that front. Yeah, exactly. And like I, like Sawyer mentioned earlier, these are like simple engineering issues. This is not. Yeah. This is like a foil tearing when when you're you know you are accelerating the throughput, so you have to adjust the tensions. You have to adjust, you know, like how fast does it spool up uh, to, to to reach maximum speed. These are like simple problems. They're not like oh my god, we don't know like forty six eighty if it's going to work or not. These are basic, basic issues, but of course that they take time because it's each, when you fix one and you can, you know, okay, so you have that check mark, we fix this, maybe three more pop up because now you're in a different regime going at different speeds, different, uh, you know, uh, sizes of uh, a foil and like, because yeah, I think everybody knows, maybe we should have started with this. They started like with the bench. Uh, the bench line, the lab line, then the pilot line, and the pilot line is producing 4680s, and now they're on the Roadrunner line, which is the mass manufacturing one, which is, of course, as all you, as all have you heard Elon say, that man, mass manufacturing is hella hard. And this is where it's hella hard because you have to deal with all these little issues, but once you have it yeah. down, then the payoff is huge. 
Absolutely. So I think we'll sort of, I think a lot of you, or at least some of you might have questions. So I think we'll just jump up into a Q&A here. Um, I do want to apologize in advance because we likely won't be able to answer a lot of your questions, both obviously to protect our sources, but also to not reveal too much. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any questions, yeah, we, feel free to call in right now and bring it up. Yep. Also, thank you, Alex, guys. because without him, I wouldn't be able to understand half of the stuff that has been told to me. So <laughs> him being an engineer has been very helpful. <laughs> Yeah, come on, guys. I'm sure you have questions. 125 people, no questions. They probably don't even know what to ask. <laughs> I probably, I probably yeah, come on, like, <laughs> Oh, there's Bradford. Hey, Bradford. All right, yeah. I'll get us started. So um, <laughs> do, do they currently believe that they can make the fixes they need to um, to the lines and and still be able to you know, make the batteries without having to like mess with the the size or dimensions of the buildings. Yes, I, I will say, yeah, I mean, they're, they're quite, they're completely confident in the 4680 design and the chemistry and all that. It's, it's just, you know, working out the, the little kinks and in, into making it being, uh, being able to mass, mass manufacture it it's, uh, at Giga Berlin and Giga Texas, obviously. Um, but yeah, they have full confidence in it. Yep. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if I understood correctly your question. You were talking about, like, the building size and everything. These lines are, like, modular, and it's not like the, the the process will, like, get longer or wider. Or These dimensions are already, like, set. It's basically all these parameters. you got to understand these things are, like, self-adjusting. So you have uh, sensors that measure, like, the output, like, let's say, of the freeform sheet before it gets laminated. And also, I think people don't appreciate, like, how difficult it is. You're taking a dry powder on, like, two hoppers and basically creating two freeform yep. sheets, which are laminating on a, like, hyper-thin metallic foil on both sides simultaneously. So you, you just imagine doing that, like, by hand. You would go nuts. So imagine going at, I don't, I, I can't say. This is where I have to catch myself. So at high speeds, this can, like, become a problem. <laughs> And you, you, you'll have issues with the, the foil tearing being like we mentioned the rollers deforming because the thing is the, 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 the mixture is not getting out of the way fast enough. It's not flowing out and uh, like wrinkles and all sorts of issues can pop up as you're ramping. And uh, but these are not like insurmountable issues doesn't mean the machine needs to get bigger. These are the parameters and like the recipes and uh like how the 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 machine basically behaves to re when it reaches these speeds uh once it's in steady state there's no more problems but getting to steady state means that you need to fix a, a whole bunch of little annoying issues but each day and i'm serious like every single day stuff gets resolved but the list not is starts out very long but only increases day by day so it looks like an impossible problem, but we all know it is not. Uh, at, at some point, they will reach the desired uh, throughput, and all the problems will be at 99.9% .9 fixed. And now that we know that the yields are good, then they're in business. Let, let me ask slightly different, Alex, and you can give a short answer. Um, at one point, you theorized they had, a, they had to add more rollers to kind of smooth out the whole process there um do, do you think they yeah. are able to do that without having to like mess with the space too much the yeah no so so i was wrong about the the backup rollers uh i was thinking more like in in other industries this this is actually used uh, a backup roller in this case uh we learned that it was like the the mixture that needs to be like slightly adjusted and the mixture like for the cathode is a lot more complicated than the mixture for the anode. So, so, so this is where like there's more tweaking to be done, but they're they're getting there. It's not like, like I said, it's not insurmountable. It doesn't like it doesn't change the basic chemistry of the cell. But you know, uh, for example, if you do, I don't know if you guys like ever baked a cake or anything, but you know, if you have a buttercream, depending on its temperature, it's not going to spread the same way on the cake. 
So temperature is one of those parameters that has to be adjusted and fine-tuned so that the, the, the batter, for lack of a better word, like the, the dry mix of the, the cathode can actually flow out of the way and not like push on, on the rollers. So no backup rollers necessary. So that hasn't changed. And that was just me theorizing at the time, but I turned out being that there's another solution. Cool. I got one more question, but I'll wait. My Thanks, Bradley. Uh, let's see. Take next caller. Gary, what's up? Hey, just a question about where Maxwell fits in on me in this. That might be a question for you, Alex. Uh, well, I haven't heard anything specific about like uh, old, uh, well, legacy Maxwell employees. Uh, yeah, I haven't either for that. Yeah, yeah. so, so yeah, that 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 has never come up. Uh, but yeah, maybe we could uh, we could ask and see uh, next time if if we can tell you a little bit more about that. Yeah, we were like, you got to understand, mm-hmm. like when we say ninety nine percent, we can share. We're not like joking around. Like the amount of information that we're getting and need to analyze because neither even as as an engineer this is not like i'm not a battery expert and i'm not a manufacturing expert so these things i have to like research and 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 study up on and it has to make sense to me and you know to ask like pertinent questions so this is what we've been focusing on more than like the the hr side of it of who's doing what and uh but yeah it's an interesting questions and I, i i took note of it and we're, we're going to ask next time. Yeah, because I understand that Maxwell still has their sem- separate premise. Uh, uh, in, was it San Diego they were located or something like that? Or, um, I, don't, I don't remember. I know Tesla sold off. I forget what portion of Maxwell's business recently. The um, supercapacitor. Yeah, business. that's what it was. Uh, okay. Um, and then there are some... R and D um, uh, facilities in Dartmouth. Is it Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, or um, you know, associated with the uh, with Dalhousie or something? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, Don, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, like to, to be honest, I would be surprised that at this point, at this stage, late in the game, where they're like perfecting the mass manufacturing, and when you look at, they had a proof of concept, Maxwell. And I would d- doubt that they would still be involved because at this point, like it's beyond them. Like Maxwell has never like yeah. made this thing. So they, they were basically, they, they probably were involved in the bench and the lab scale, but as soon as it went to the pilot and now the roadrunner, it's, uh, it's, it's like, it's beyond them. I don't see how they would provide input unless they're like some brilliant engineers that are there, but they were not looking to, to mass manufacture this, uh, until like uh, Tesla stepped up and bought the IP, right? I, I, there's there's the you know yeah the theoretical and experimental and the R and D type people, and then you've got the people that are are you know hardcore into the production. So I I can definitely think of all the production people and and systems people who are going to be uh, located at Cato, uh, and 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 you know. Probably they'll have some people looking at different chemistries and, uh, of course, uh, you know, the, the holy grail of uh, solid state. Um, yeah, and, and just to be clear, like these, uh, like, ice, like you remember I had tweeted something out about an iceberg, what we know Tesla is working on and the underside, what's under the water is what we don't know Tesla is working on. We don't have any insights at least not yet of the 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 bottom ha- like the bottom portion of the iceberg we we have no clue but the, you can bet that those who worked on the original like 4680 idea for the past few years that team that they built they didn't just like mothball them or like retire them they put them to work on something else and that's something else we have no insights on right now they're focusing on this thing and uh and, and this is where I think the, all their efforts are going to. And most of it, from what I understand, it's an industrial engineering uh, um, type of uh, issues that are popping up. So it's 
it's mostly like manufacturing issues, like the whole R&D of batteries and chemistry. And that's all been set. Now it's like, it's basically the same engineers that set up like a bottling plant or uh, printing presses, high-speed printing presses and all these things that are, that are probably the most useful to, to solve these problems right now. Because, yeah, no, I'm just saying this is, and this is add, like they're building the machine. This is not catalog engineering where you're just buying stuff in a catalog to, to make it. They're, they're, they're inventing the machine. They're, they're designing it and building it and iterating on it. And that's going to be like the only one in the world that, you know, it, it's a little bit like the, the, the carbon fi fiber wrap rotor. Like there was no machine that could do what they wanted. Same as the Gigapress. They didn't like design the Gigapress. They, they went to expert and say, just make it three times bigger than you're actually making it now. But yeah, these machines, and this is where like when, well, Elon says like, yeah, if they try to copy us, they're still like way behind us because they can't buy these machines. They have to go through all these steps of figuring it out for themselves. It's not even if you would have like photos of the machines, it, it might help a little bit, but you don't have all the parameters. You don't have everything. And by the time you have figured out the machine, Tesla is on version two of the machine already. So you're always playing catch up. Innovation is the name of the game. And, and I'll just add, you know, to my comments earlier about Tesla's confidence in the 4680s. They've obviously been testing the 4680s in, for a while now in, in certain cars, and they've been experiencing some pretty incredible range numbers. Obviously, you know, these numbers won't be what the numbers, uh, the, the, what the numbers are going to be in the, you know, end production vehicles. Um, but the potential there is pretty remarkable. Great. So it's full steam ahead for them. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Thanks mm -hmm. Gary. Joel, you're up, buddy. Odin. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Um, Pretty good. Uh, just a quick one. Um, based on what you know, do you think it's likely that Giga Texas and Giga Berlin will start with 4680 vehicles or 2170s? That's a good question. I, I want to say, at least for Giga Texas, I, I want to say 2170s. I, um, I, I don't know for sure. But just on based on what I know, I think just at least initially, twenty one seventies would make sense. Just because they won't quite have the um, the amount of, the, en enough cells to really launch up production with forty six eighties. But again, we don't know how many they have been stockpiling. So, but I doubt it's enough to really you know match the demand that they would need. Yeah, I would just add to that that it's it, it's this is where it's hard to predict because how the yeah. factories, where are they going to be at with the stockpile that they have? And uh, are they going to be ramping sooner? So they actually need a lot of cells to start ramping the production. Uh, so yeah, I think the backup 2070s, but you know, maybe they're going to ship the 4680s to Berlin, or maybe they're going to start 2170s in Berlin and keep the stockpile to ramp Giga Texas, or maybe Giga Texas is going to start earlier. The, the logistics of all this is we don't have insights into that, you know, like when is one going to start over the other one? What's the ramp uh, profile going to be at each one? And so, yeah, uh, I, I think Elon made it clear that, yeah, they have the backup plan for the 2170s, and it's basically how it's going gonna, it's gonna to land. They might... Uh, e even like for the 4680s, like there is some sort of tentative timeline, but all this is could be plus or minus a certain amount of time because problems, you know, they're, they're figuring out that maybe like they don't know what the problems that are going to pop up these uh, engineering issues that are going to pop up like next week. So it's hard to predict. So they, they try, but it might go smoother like in the next few months, and they might be ahead of schedule and be able to, uh, you know, help run Giga Texas or Giga Berlin. So yeah, that's that's really really hard to predict. And uh, yeah. would the twenty one seventies be exported from Giga Nevada, or do you think they would build them on site? I want to say exported would be my guess, right, Alex? I mean, you want the ones that are currently being made at Cato. No, no, no. Oh, no the 2170s, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 2170s at Giga Nevada. 
Uh, so exporting the 2170s to Berlin, is that the... the no, that, to Giga Texas. To Giga Texas. To them at Giga Texas, yeah. Yeah, I think that would make the most sense to me. But I, I, yeah. we don't have, like, information on that. Yeah. So... Okay. And finally, um, I just thought of another one. If they start with 2170s, and that would basically make the Model Y you know, close to the Model Y that's coming out of Fremont at the moment in terms of, like, range, um, would they, when they switch over to 4680s, would they just have, like, a smaller battery pack so to keep the same range to not, like, Osborne the previous vehicles? That has been my thought the, the whole time. It's sort of my belief that, you know, besides the actual, like, build quality of the vehicle, you most people won't really notice the difference between the Fremont Model Y and the Giga Texas Model Y with the 4680s, at least underneath the vehicle, because it's. I think they'll just try to sort of match. Because Elon has said, you know, he doesn't really need above 400 miles. And, you know, 326 is, is pretty good for Tesla's at least currently entry vehicles. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't expect them to go, like, you know, have tons of batteries in them and just be well above 500 miles or 450 or whatever it would be. It would. It's my belief that they would just make this, yeah, the pack smaller. Yeah. And you, you also got to remember, you got to keep the margin and there's no point in like blowing the competition, like what's available on the market and like doing like 50% or 75% more range than what's currently available in the market and trying to sell it for the same price. That, 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 that would make no sense. Yeah. Their goal is also to make as many vehicles as possible. So if they put bigger packs in, in the Model Y, they just won't be able to achieve that as, you know, as well as they'd like to. So I think smaller packs make sense, but with similar range to to, to what it is right now. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Joel. Ken, you're up. What's going on? Okay, there we go. <laughs> Didn't know how to use this app yet. So, of course, <laughs> Joel had all the kind of questions I was asking, but maybe we can go down a different path. What about, um, you yep. know, since we have the possibility, that backup plan of the 21st, Wait, 2170s or the 4680s. Yep. Are, are there the center mold, right? There's the end casting and the, and the front casting and the, the back casting. And you have that mid casting. Any ideas about that, maybe, Alex? Um, you know, what this. Um, I, I don't know what you mean by mid casting. Well, the though. middle, because the battery is going to be a structural element. And is it going to be in a casting yeah. of its own? Um, Watch speaker. No, 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 it's just front and rear casting. Yeah, the front and rear castings are attached to the structural pack, but the structural pack itself does not come out. is is not a Giga casting. It's it's actually stamped steel. Oh, it's stamped. Okay. Yeah, and then the pack, whether yeah. it's whether it contains twenty one seventies or or forty six eighties, will be inserted into that. It'll be a structural element. That yeah, that, that's the thing. I'm I'm really waiting to see um, uh, Sandy Monroe tear down the Plaid Model S because that pack has some like special kung fu in it. Like this is not a regular pack. They've updated something, and I'm waiting to see what's in there to get like more insights into what the structural pack. Uh, FYI, I've been working with a team of other engineers in different fields trying to figure out like how would the structural pack. Uh, be done with 4680s like what makes the most sense and like we're probably going to have a room on that eventually uh, we just absolutely need like a visual support uh, because we can't you know you know a picture's worth a thousand words and we would have to go through many pictures so this would not work in just audio format and we're going to have actually a test uh, around beginning of October of a presentation with uh, visual support with Colin at the same time simultaneously. So we'll do that test. If that test goes well, then we will have uh, an upcoming room on the structural pack uh, alone. So watch out for that. That's interesting, yeah. Because Sandy did provide that, um, you know, the wooden sample of the 21, uh, 4680s, I mean, and um, he wasn't sure exactly how it's going to be cooled, maybe just from the bottom cooled from the bottom or what the electrical conductivity is. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, lots of things to cover there. I just don't want to like spoil the, the structural battery pack discussion. 
but it's going to be a very interesting one. And like I said, it, it'll be purely theoretical. We don't have any, um, any, uh, any, any sources on the structural pack. Maybe we'll have some eventually and we can give you something more definitive. But right now it's going to be basically a bunch of engineers nerding out on what they came up with, uh, with the information that's out there, both in patents and in some leaked photos, so on and so forth. Like how is it built? What is its characteristics? and how it's going to be manufactured, and so on and so forth. Ah, very interesting. I'm a fellow engineer, too. <laughs> so I'll be oh, looking nice. forward to seeing that. And thank you guys for all your, your uh, help and support. Thanks a lot. Thank you. AP, what's going on? AP, you just have to unmute your mic. Yep. Bottom right of the screen. There we go. Can you hear us? Actually, I accidentally called in. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Must have... Oh, now yeah, you have okay, to ask exactly. a question. I figure <laughs> out really quick. Um, how about, um, let's see. Um, Yeah, I, I I I didn't catch the beginning of the call, but um, so that the yield is a uh, is adequate. Oh, more than okay. adequate. Yeah, we we can't go into too much depth, but yeah, it's it's good. Very yeah. high numbers. And then um, as far as uh, yeah, the uh, the, I guess one thing I was thinking of. Have you heard anything about um? the battery day model and um, maybe a full casting of that vehicle. You no, know, I haven't really heard I mean, much on the, the Tesla Q, the $25,000. Yeah. Is that, is, I haven't heard much on that lately. No, is that even possible? I know people have talked about that and just kind of maybe get your take on that. You're, you're talking about casting like the whole front, yeah, rear, like, middle, all in one part. Yeah. Like, yeah. More advanced production technique mm. for the, uh, the battery day car because they're going to have to uh, produce you know um hopefully produce you know millions of those at a quicker rate yeah well like i like i don't know like they're they're growing the the giga casting machines like from idra mm -hmm. and like the biggest one is going to be the one for the Cybertruck so far um okay. and i don't think that one rear underbody or front underbody underbody casting for the Cybertruck is enough to make a whole car in one in one in one shot basically mm -hmm. uh so it's possible i don't know what the theoretical limits uh, you know because it's like so they're already like so advanced both in the metallurgy and the the casting techniques and the geometry and all this stuff so i don't know how far it can go maybe it can be like a like a double injection you know like from two sides you remember the patent where they they're talking about making the whole car basically out of like one casting but there's like four casting mm -hmm. machines working at 90 degrees of each yeah. other. Maybe that's in the works. I have no idea, but yeah, I wouldn't put it past Elon and Tesla, uh, like engineering teams to basically push the limits of what's actually possible. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, blowing our minds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It should be exciting. Uh, one other thing is as far as uh, uh, new gigafactories, uh, locations. Um, I'm assuming that they would just expand on the existing uh, footprints at Austin and uh, Berlin. It seems to make the most sense. Um, yeah, Elon had tweeted out a few days ago that Tesla hasn't chosen a okay. location yet for Giga4. Um, but to me, it does, unless they want some location diversification, it, it sort of does make sense to sort of expand on the current land plots that they own, whether that be Giga Berlin or Giga Texas or whatever. There's like, there's space for the, the, the current building that they're building in Giga Texas. There's like space for over seven of those on, <laughs> on the land that they own. So there's plenty of space. For right. That. Yeah. Looks like in yeah. Shanghai too, they're, they're doing work beside there. Yeah, there exactly. Or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about uh, the mix up there with the call-in, but yeah, th really appreciate what you guys are no, doing. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. All good, Bye. man. Chris. You're up. Thank you for waiting for a long time. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for doing this, guys. I appreciate it. Um, two questions. 
one, and I apologize, I missed a couple of minutes earlier, so you may have already covered this, but one, have you heard anything about supercharging speed on 4680? That's the first question. Second question, have you heard anything about dates of start of production on 4680 at Berlin and, and Austin? Um, so regarding charging times, I have been told in the past that charging times will improve. Um, I don't know exactly by how much. They gave sort of ballpark numbers, um, but I, I don't know if I can share those numbers yet, so I'll have to reach out. Um, in terms of actual, you know, production start date, um, it, it's hard. We've given we've been given some rough numbers, but I don't even know if it really makes sense to even share those, just because like it, it's it really depends on how well progress continues to go on the forty six eighties, because it's really you know hard to sort of exactly predict. Um, um, and obviously Tesla hasn't has sort of been, <laughs> yeah. you know, quiet on that as well. They don't want to give out hard time. They sort of just say twenty twenty two for the Cybertruck now. They don't really give you more definitive dates than that, but yeah. Yeah, we, we, we have some have been shared with us, but I, me personally, I feel that if Tesla hasn't shared it, uh, I, I don't want that those numbers like to be used against them. Uh, so it, yeah. if we give you that number and then, you know, this is like recorded and then it gets used against Tesla, this is not why we're doing this. We're here to have fun, like nerd out, share what we can. And if there's any remote chance that what we're sharing is hurting Tesla, uh, you know, whether it's good news or bad news, like, uh, I'm not saying either way, we're, we're not like keeping the bad news hidden just to protect Tesla, but even some good news might, you know, if they go over it might, uh, might hurt Tesla. So that's, that's not what we're, we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. We exactly. just want to be careful as all. Well. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Thank you. Brandon. Brandon. What's going on? Hey guys, thanks for having me. So I just had two questions. Um, first would be, which model do you expect the 4680 to be um, put in production for? Um, and secondly, do you expect all models to be eventually replaced to 4680s? Or do you think there would be like um, two different variants of the cars being offered? Like one with the batteries we have now and another variant with the 4680? This is like... Uh... Tesla doesn't, you know, when they started Tesla, they used to put like the size of the pack as, you know, so you had Model S, 75, 100, and they basically uh, backed away from that because it didn't mean anything in the sense that the two cars that had 100 kilowatt hour packs, they didn't get the same range. Yeah. And they didn't have the same performance. They didn't have the same efficiency. So what's the point of advertising that? And I think the, the form factor of the battery, the chemistry of the battery, uh, they don't want to go into that. This is first of all, I think it's over m most people's heads. Like they don't care. Uh, they're just looking at the range, the price, and how cool the car is, and like the features. Uh, what's under the hood, and you know how many people know what's the displacement of their ICE engine. Like most of them have no idea even what the question means. So, so I think that's that's not what's important. I think it, what they want is because the the margins uh, on the forty six eighties are going to be so superior on so many aspects, and you just got to look at Battery Day again to see how they're they're improving on every step of the way, uh, and both on capex and on 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 operational costs of forty six eighty. This is where I think, yeah, eventually they want to, but they're still constrained. Like the, the market is growing faster than people can output the batteries. So there's going to be a mix for a long time to come. I would agree. Yeah. And you asked you. What, what model would be produced first with 4680s? Or just in, yeah, the Model Y for sure. Yeah. In both, both places, in Giga Texas yeah. and Berlin. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brandon. Dave, you're up. Hey guys, thanks for the opportunity to chat. This is great. Um, sure. My uh, my curiosity is kind of going towards what Tesla is doing with equipment. Um, there's been talk, especially like a, uh, about like Tesla Grumman um, that's manufacturing the lines for Cato. Uh, do we know how much more equipment they're producing for? other facilities like in California and Texas right now? Um, 
we don't know specifically like with grooming, but we have been again told some numbers, but I, I, I don't think it really makes sense to share that, um, both to protect Tesla and because things can obviously change depending how the progress goes. So I'm sorry that's sort of a non-answer, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I can, with, without giving numbers, like to go back to what we were saying earlier, these lines are very modular. So it's like Lego blocks for, for lack of a better like, uh, like analogy. So basically, if you want to increase the capacity, you just add these Lego blocks. Right. Uh, and the initial capacity for Giga Texas, we can't share the number of Lego blocks, but it's for an initial capacity, an output that is sufficient for 500,000 cars. Okay. So, like, there, I guess a different way to phrase it would be because I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for numbers. I'm looking for, like, nine, I suppose. That their, their line and the, and the battery day they were talking about having multiple lines, you know, and how much of a reduction in space and, and, um, and processing time that would be. Yes. Um, you know, there's, there's these, the calendar rolls and the, and getting the, the consistency out of rolling the material. That was a big problem that everybody's been talking about for some time now, but the, the remainder of the line, you know, Alex, you were talking about, that you know, as, as you turn the knob from ten to eleven, and then fifteen to sixteen, you're going to have iterative problems that you solve. But the the overall design, I'm assuming that yes. you know, the easy parts, you know, getting you know a thousand batteries from this section to that section, that's still a lot of equipment. And is their commitment strong enough that they're really going forward with placing battery lines? For sure, like there, like I'm not, I'm not sure I understand your question exactly, but yeah, there, there'll be many of those lines at Berlin and Giga Texas, like many, 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 many. I, I guess my off of news that I just heard a little bit ago about um, building another line in Lathrop, California. So if. Maybe I oh, hold that. on. Lathrop is to produce uh, uh, mega packs. Mega pack. Those new gigantic mega packs, version two. Okay. So those are like for stationary storage. <laughs> yeah, sta stationary storage. Totally different things using LFP batteries. And yeah, those don't use 4680s. Yes. No, no. So yeah, they're not producing uh, the 4680s over there. Okay. I got some wires crossed. I'm, I'm sorry about that. But uh, yeah. Uh, great talking with you guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Hey, John, how you doing? You gotta unmute yourself. There we go. Got it. Yeah, it's. Um, for, uh, <laughs> let me ask you a question. First time on on Colin. Uh, yes. Yeah. Do you like it so far? Uh, yeah, so far so good. It uh, beats kind of the Twitter spaces. I always had more audio issues there. Oh, cool. Glad to hear it. Yep. Uh, so more of a general question. Obviously, you guys have both received information, you know, over you know period of weeks or months of from, from various sources um, as they work through all the problems that Alex, you were especially uh, iterating over on the various parts of the line. How would you characterize sort of, you know, the the tenor of the messages you get now of like you know if you read the tea leaves slightly of like how close they feel they are to, to getting it to scale to where they want versus they're still you know they're still only in the fourth inning of a baseball game I, i'm just trying to get a sense of how, how you guys read sort of the feedback you've gotten over time i, I would say you know earlier on there was way a, a lot less confidence and there were a lot more issues to deal with but since then, Tesla's really worked through that. And I, I would say the general sense um, is that we're quite close here, or Tesla is, I should say. And the general confidence at Cato is, is quite high. Um, and yeah, I think, Alex, you can probably expand on that. Yeah, they're, 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 they're really motivated. Elon is hands-on uh, with the teams. Uh, yeah. He's like very interested in that. And the teams are, are always blown away when you know he... Um, he, uh, he he contributes because he is a, like for like he is a brilliant man like he knows he can like grasp a problem and foresee solutions and 
There is no better problem. Solver yes, yes, that are. that's that has come. Uh, the feedback we've got like from multiple different people that this is how they feel about him, and even even at SpaceX, yeah. even at SpaceX, it's not just like at Tesla. People that have worked closely with him on like all sorts of problems, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's software, they say like, yeah, he's brilliant. So they're very motivated, and they see the the. You know, the end, end of the tunnel, you know, it's like when you're in a tunnel and you don't see the end, you don't know. But now they're feeling like, yeah, the yield is good. The throughput, it, like, I, I'm not joking. Every day or like, no, because they don't do every day. But let's say every week is much better than the previous week. So they, they solve stuff. Of course, new stuff pops up, but yeah. the numbers are always going up. So they have, like I said, the, the rate of improvement is incredible. Like, the stuff that Alex and I have been shared shared with, it's just like when, when we look at it, it's just like how do people still think Tesla is a car company? It's just like beyond me. It's just comical. Yeah. Um, what they're doing is just something that certainly I've never seen before. And it's just incredible. It really is. Yes, because like, like I said, like they're actually building that machine. This is not catalog engineering. This is basically like, okay, this has never been done. How do we do it? And how do we do it like mass manufacturing? But on top of that, also highly modular. So that means that even if, let's say you have, a, let's say at Giga Texas uh, in, in a year or two, you would have like uh, 20 lines. Well, if one breaks down, like you won't even notice it because the, there's other 19 are working. So they're making them super reliable, super scalable, and they're t- investing that time right now so they don't have to uh, e- explode later on wh- when, when they scale it up. So yeah, it's it's very yeah the, the enthusiasm uh, around that manufacturing and the Roadrunner line is is pretty amazing. So follow up to that, Alex. I mean, I was uh, visiting a friend down in Austin. I live in the Dallas area, but I was visiting a friend in Austin a few weeks ago where I posted a Twitter video just driving by the facility. As you mentioned, it's it's huge. It's just hard to comprehend unless you actually go there and see it in person. Um, you know, for all the work that the drone flyers do, just it has a different impact when you actually are there. Um, and, you know, as you look at the progress yeah. of those drone videos, one of the things that has um, that strikes me is, you know, that that again, northwest corner of that building where uh, the, um, the the battery facility is going to be, you know, has remained one of the the last pieces is it's, it's not done. You know, they, they, they've worked on obviously other parts of the building where they put in machinery, et cetera. So I'm trying to gauge, you know, two things and, you know, your thoughts would be appreciated. Like one is, you know, they'd have to kind of wall in and finish that building to put in the machinery. Um, and then how long, you know, does it take them to set up a line, you know, any guess, right? So let's say it's, you know, two months for them to finish off that part of the building you know, is it a month for them to, to put up the first line? Is it two months? Is it, you know, less, more? I'm just trying to get a gauge because that, that'll tell me when they start running them in in at least Giga, Giga Texas. Well, like, first of all, like the building, like you said, it's huge. Uh, I don't know if you remember like the leaked uh, pre-production Model Y. Like when I first saw that photo, I was like, for, for me, it was like, oh, this is, this is like Berlin, is this Shanghai? You know, it never even crossed my mind that that initially could be Texas. My mind would let me go there because I watched those drone videos and I was like, yeah, but like there's no walls like in the, in the final assembly. But no, like there's, there, there is a portion that is actually sufficiently walled off that you can have all the final assembly of a Model Y done there. So the the huge footprint that is the northwest corner where, that's dedicated to batteries, there's probably enough space that, that's walled off and that has lighting, that has everything it needs to start in, installing like equipment. And there's some very basic equipment that is not going to change no matter what. Like, for example, the mixing, like those uh, where you mix all the, the, the powders, the ingredients – uh, these, you know, they're not like high tech, you know, they're just mixers and you need to like basically bring the raw materials in there. So th- there's a lot that they can do that we wouldn't be aware of. And although we have, I think, coverage at three different times of the day, uh, one with, uh, uh, Tegmeyer, one with Jeff and one with, uh, Terra factory. I don't know his name. Yeah, Randy. Uh, 
yeah, so with them, like they're all at like slightly different times, but like getting equipment in the building, it just basically the crane putting it on the, that scaffolding and rolling it in. And if you're not there to see it, well, you know, you don't know about it. So I, yeah, yeah I, and, and agree. I, 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 I certainly understand how they put some parts of the building, the basically the southeast corner that they walled in first and, and obviously have put a lot of machinery in there, even from the quarterly uh, presentation deck showing parts of what was already done. So that's certainly been interesting. And I, again, I just don't know if you guys have, have gotten any, um, any feedback or, or idea of once they sort of figure out they're at a good part with that Roadrunner line of how long it takes it to set it up in Berlin or, or in Austin. No. Like, uh, and none of them who are actually, actually now working on the Roadrunner for them, they've never set it up like from scratch from a plan, but it's going to be much, much shorter. You can understand once you know where you're going and the parts come in and you have the blueprints of exactly how to set it up. Uh, it's not, it's, 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 it is like, it's a lot of automation, but it's not like hyper complicated automation either. Like these, um, yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I have to. I have to stop there because if I if I go more, I'll give too much information. Yeah, no, uh, no worries. So, no worries. Appreciate the feedback you guys have. Thanks. Yeah. So sorry about that, but I, you know, I I want to nerd out with you guys about it, but I have to catch myself and and stop because it's I could say stuff that you know I might regret later. Yep. Understood. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Sure. Abe, what's going on, man? What's up? So what model line do you guys think will roll out with the 4680s first? Because obviously they'll have to shut down a line or two, either it's in Austin or Fremont, to roll out 4680s. So the question is, which which model line gets it first? Oh, good question. Uh, yeah. We know that they're building, like, the engineering team that's working on the structural pack is at Fremont. So might make sense that it could be there, but... It could be like an S or an X. Yeah, or a Model Y. It could be a Model Y. Because that's the one they want to scale. That, I yeah, think Model Y. S and, S and yeah. X have been refreshed already, and the, the, the largest volume one is going to be Model Y. So I, I think that's where they want to put the them first and like figure it out first for the Model Y. But let's say if they start production in Austin without 4680, then they would have to shut down Model Y production in Austin at the same time or shut down Model Y production in Fremont? Or do they do simultaneous Y production in both places? So it becomes a question of how can they efficiently optimize while shutting down and opening new lines with 4680? I don't know. Well, I, we, we don't have any information no, on of the logistics just a, just a, of, of how it's going kind of to play yeah, out. Shooting the shit. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you have, a, uh, do you have a, a, an opinion on this? I mean, I would think they would probably go with... Um, or an S or an X somewhere in Fremont first, and then um, basically turn redo completely to redo Fremont lines with 4680, and then essentially roll 4680 into Austin uh, later. So, uh, and then yeah, the the thing we we haven't heard like just to add to what you just said, the thing we don't know is we know they've been stockpiling. We started. I don't know if you were in the room when uh, initially when we opened it. Uh, yeah, so so we know like they've been producing uh, a lot of them, and a lot of them are going out for testing. Uh, a lot of them are going like for the engineering uh, pack, and a lot of them are being stockpiled. Uh, so it's, but once the Roadrunner line is finished, even though it, this is like, a, I, I don't want to use prototype because it's not really a prototype, but it's like the working model that they're fine tuning. Once that is done, they'll be. I don't see them like not using it. You know, the, this is the line. Why not just keep producing 4680 there? So they have the pilot line they have that's producing currently, and they would have the Roadrunner line, which is producing like way more. Uh, they might just pump that right into Fremont 
and make a Model Y line. Uh, like I said, I I don't like your idea of Model S, Model X because they have already been refreshed. But it, and they have a new pack design. This is what I was saying. I can't wait for Sandy Monroe to get his plaid and tear it down, uh, so we can see like what's inside. Because I think we're we're, we're going to be pretty shocked. It's it's not going to be like the the, the structural forty six eighty packs. We know that. But what is he going to find in there? There's some big innovations in there. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I why I think would be my guess. Cool. Thank you, Abe. Thanks. Bradford, it's full circle. <laughs> Yo, so to uh, quasi-answer Abe's question, too, is um, it's rumored that in both Berlin and Austin, at each location, there are two Model Y lines. And, and one... One is ready for 2170, and one is ready for 4680. Um, that's the rumor. So they wouldn't have to stop a line to start 4680. Um, but, you know, they could roll it out a different way. Um, my, my question is, like, on, on Cato Road, um, how long are they able to get the line to run for? And, like, do they do they take like a SpaceX approach and, and try to um, run it as fast as they can until it breaks or do they try and run it as long as they can until it breaks or is it like a planned, yeah, let's run it for an hour, see what happens. Um, can we, what, what can we say? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would go more like, uh, like I said, like the yield is good. So if we're talking throughput, you can imagine that, yeah, they're pushing the throughput, if that me- makes sense. So they're, they're pushing the speed. And this is one of the metrics. Like the only metrics they're trying to increase right now is speed. All the rest, they're dec- they want to decrease them. So the, 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 the uh, mean time between failures, the response time to, uh, to address these failures, the repair time to repair those failures, and the preventative maintenance time. So all these they want to decrease, and the one they want to increase is speed. So, like, go faster. Uh, that's, that's how they're, they're basically looking at, at, uh, at it now. Um, and, yeah, so, so they will do uh, burst runs. Have, have they ever been have, – have they ever been able to get it to run, like, for a full – I don't want to, yeah, no, I don't want to start giving you numbers, okay. but yeah, it's, let me ask it's a different the question then. Um, we've, <laughs> we've been talking a lot about 4680, uh, anything juicy to share about, um, Shanghai or Cybertruck or semi? Um, you know, it's funny, actually, we haven't heard anything about, um, Shanghai. I'll have to ask about that. Um, semi or Cybertruck? You know, we've again, we've been given like rough timelines for some things, but I just don't even think it makes sense to share that because it's just like it's so fluid um, that things can just change on a dime. Um, but yeah, sorry, I wish I could dive in more. What I'm wondering about Shanghai is supposedly the first floor square footage for Model Y is like close to twice the size as Model Three, and a lot of the Model Y buildings have multiple floors, whereas the Model 3 only has one. And I'm wondering if today they have capacity for 500, 600,000 on Model Y in Shanghai. It certainly is. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, I, don't, I just haven't really heard much, so I can't really offer much on that, t- on that front, unfortunately. Well, th- thank you much, guys. It's always fun. Definitely. Yeah. Well, we like to share as much as we can. Like I said, we're going to probably have a battery pack, structural battery pack room, and we'll see, you know, we'll be able to nerd out on that. And, but yeah, uh, as we get it, a lot of it, we have to sift through it and see what we can share. So like uh, Sawyer mentioned, a lot of it, we've been sitting on it like for a long time because we couldn't share anything and we got some more. And then, you know, throughout that, we managed to like have enough for this room. 
So I hope you guys uh, appreciate it. We'll, we'll, we'll keep doing it. Like we'll, as long as we have stuff we can share, we'll be scheduling this room, try not to be like repetitive. So what was mentioned today, especially that it's recorded here on Colin. So th- yeah. this episode is available. So it's not like in clubhouse where we can like go over the same thing over and over again. So we're, we'll try to build up on this as we can. And there's enough to make, like we've been going at it for an hour and this is our target is basically episodes that last around an hour. And when we have more info, unless it's something massive, but short, we'll try to accumulate enough to, to give you good content. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like, again, he said it's recorded so you guys can access this episode, you know, whenever you want on call on. Yeah. And you can create um, highlights. So that's Let's say when you ask a question and the answer you got, you can create a highlight there between one second and 10 minutes long. You can make them. And you can actually share them and title them yeah. and they'll be credited uh, like for you as, as if you were, because you were part of the creation process of this content because you called in and you asked a question. So yeah, feel free to, to create highlights. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So make sure to give uh, XPod a follow on Colin if you can. That'd be awesome. Uh, give Alex a follow too on Colin. That'd be cool. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone for calling in. You guys asked some uh, great questions. And uh, we'll try to keep you guys updated just in the future on, you know, on the 46 A's or whatever else we're hearing and that we can share. Um, Other than that, I think, uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, thanks a lot. And so we're going to, we're about to close the room and we catch you guys later. Yeah. Have a good night, everyone.